Pittsburgh Steelers fans, we are back once again for more of your of Know Your Enemy. It would help if I knew the show's name off by heart. I've made that mistake in the past far too many times now. Um, I'm, of course, Michael Beck, Deputy Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with our film study guru and uh, site, site expert, really, Jeffrey Benedict. Not sure there's uh, one person on our website that knows any, any, any more than y- you would like really the, the the pinnacle of Steelers knowledge on our website uh I'm, I'm giving you that title Jeffrey I, I hope I hope you appreciate all the praise <laughs> oh you're setting a pretty hard high bar for me man well I I have to I have to set you up because this next question is going to be a really hard one to uh hit a home run on because it, it, it's going to be it, it's going to be simple how do the Steelers fix their offense and is it even possible to do so this year um, it is, uh, one thing is the offensive line's got to get healthier. Uh, I've seen, there's some comments in the chat about, about Kevin Dotson. People have been talking about him when he came in and was healthy and Pouncey was back. Those two play really well together. Pouncey and Dotson are great together. Pouncey at left guard. Again, like I've talked about before, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say it again. Alejandro Villanueva takes a little to get used to. Uh, we saw him and, uh, Matt Filer struggle early in the season before Matt Filer really adapted to what team, you know, to the differences that you get playing next to Alejandro Villanueva. Dotson was fantastic paired next to Pouncey. Uh, him and him and Villanueva weren't so great. Uh, I, he worked a lot better at right guard where him and Pouncey were great. And he also worked well with Chuk Sakura for, uh, but that's that's DeCastro. They've, they've showed it doesn't matter. DeCastro is able to walk onto that field. He's going to have that spot. So Dotson is Dotson could be a help. I'd love to see him get to play this game. I think that could really take a lot of pressure off of things with that with their inside run game, with him and Pouncey working together. I'd love to see that. That's a big part of the offensive fix is getting the run game going inside between the tackles. They haven't had that since DeCastro got hurt and hasn't been himself. Then they didn't have Pouncey, and without Pouncey, the run game was just toast. It was absolutely toast. Hassenhauer. Couldn't do anything. And then when Hassenhauer came in, Dawson went out and Hassenhauer came in at guard and against Buffalo, the run game absolutely disappeared when it had shown some signs of being reasonably competent. It wasn't good, but it looked like, you know, maybe things were starting to turn around to where they could build on it. That's a big deal. That's a very big deal. Um, the other one is, honestly, again, something we saw in Buffalo when Deontay Johnson came back and didn't drop passes, the offense was di- was looked good. They looked legitimately good for that drive that they had before, you know, Buffalo drove the clock out. Uh, but I, I think Deontay Johnson holds a big part of that. Him and Ben work well together. Ben wants him to be that A-B type of player. Uh, Don- Johnson just has to show he can do it. He can be a reliable target. He can catch balls when he's cutting inside. That's like if you look at most of his drops, he either cut, he's 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 doing into inside cuts, the balls are he just drops them. I, I don't know why he's done that his whole career. In college, he did it. He's done it in the NFL last year. He's doing it again this year. It's just something he struggles with. If they can find a way to get that going, he'll do better. Uh another thing is we saw them use Juju Smith Schuster better last game, where he actually got some targets, you know, beyond five yards past the field. He got some targets for first downs, not just, hey, you know, catch it here at the line of scrimmage and fight through three guys, try to gain yards. So we've seen a little bit. Those are, those are to me, the keys. 
Uh, I also think they're doing doing the right thing. I've seen people uh, also in the chat complain about the Steelers, uh, the Steelers giving Claypool, you know, kind of the rookie treatment and lowering the snaps and Tomlin saying he's doing that to try and avoid the rookie wall. I think that's smart. Claypool, uh, I think he's been banged up. He's he has played a brutal physical football the whole year Play, defenses are just seriously mugging him almost every time he touches he he get, comes off the ball they are just seriously getting physical with him the whole way uh because he's shown that he's not used to that you know he's a rookie he he's not quite used to that his hand fighting isn't quite up to par his releases are great but his hand fighting in his route isn't isn't nfl level yet um, so when, when he gets that there, I don't think he's going to be stoppable, but at this point, teams have learned if you're going to stop chase Claypool, you have to attack, uh, him in the route with, with massive amounts of physicality. You just have to be super physical with him and that's going to beat someone up. That's going to wear him down. Uh, so I, I think they're actually playing it smart with chase Claypool to kind of give him a little less, less action and a little less wear. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it really is kind of frustrating to see it sometimes and seeing the, the big guy getting, uh, I don't know, pushed around is the right thing to say, but uh, he, uh, oh yeah, I still really think the offense should use him a little bit more, even if it is in a less snap situation. Uh, I understand Ben's really trying to figure his, uh, his relationship with Deontay out. Obviously he sees him as like a Deontay light, but uh, who knows if Chase Claypool can develop that uh, Antonio Brown level push off where, for whatever reason, he never gets offensive pass interference calls. Uh, he will be an outstanding receiver for for decades to come. But yeah, um, you, you talked about the offensive line off the top and J.C. Hassenauer. The Steelers have developed this kind of new sort of in-season philosophy. Instead of like bringing guys in off the street, they're plucking them off other teams' practice squads. Uh, last week, we saw it with Cassius Marsh, who will make his Steelers debut this week. Um, the Steelers this week, they picked off uh, Danny Isadora, uh, the guard from the Chiefs, instead of picking up Stefan Wisniewski, who's also in the practice squad, um, they they opted to go with uh, Danny Isadora, who's made six career starts in the past. Uh, obviously, when you pick someone up, uh, someone up off another team's practice squad, they have to be on your main roster for, I believe, two weeks. It potentially could be three. I'm not certain on that, but it is the end of the season. So uh, for weeks uh, 16 and 17, Danny Isadora will be in the lineup. Do you, do you expect him to just step in front of J.C. Hasenauer right away just because of how much Hasenauer struggled? I, I wouldn't expect that. I'd ex- I wouldn't expect him in front of Hasenauer. They The Steelers value time in the system and experience and knowing knowing what you're doing. Uh, I, I wouldn't expect that right away. I think he's kind of an insurance policy for now, kind of like Avery Williamson was, just in case, you know, like we saw. Avery Williamson is starting now because all of our linebackers are down. Uh, so he he is going to be kind of that guy where where we saw with Avery Williamson we we were expecting him to get play early and he really didn't uh, he he it took him a couple weeks to get into the to get into the rotation and then after that you know now obviously he's being thrust into a much bigger role. There was some rumors floating around in some uh, team uh, reporters I guess beat reporters around Pittsburgh that Ray Ray McLeod might not even get a helmet this week. Um, that was kind of a, one of the rumors floating around the internet uh, the past two days, I believe it was. Uh, do you suspect that potentially could be possible and maybe we see a Dion Kane get elevated or is that uh, is that a, a ridiculous statement and you think Ray Ray still, uh, still should play on Monday night? Yeah, it would be a really big shift. They have not had anyone else returning punts or kicks. Uh, 
That would be a big shift, man. I, I could see it. If, if Deontay Johnson, if they think, you know, maybe getting him into the punt return role will, will spark him, you know, playing a little better on offense, maybe get him. Because we've seen it with the drops. That's You see his body language afterwards now. And, and Buffalo, those, those first two drops, his body language was terrible. That was a player who was just inside his own head. He's beating himself up. And, you know, you've got to find a way out of it. If they they might think, hey, you know, maybe special teams is how Deontay Johnson, you know, gets a little more confidence, gets a little more going. That's how he just kind of loosens up and goes, and then and then he's not inside his own head and he can just play. I could see them, I could see them taking that step if that's what they think. Uh I think I think Ray Ray's done well. He's had a couple bad weeks, but the 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 special teams around him have been bad as uh Highsmith has played less special teams. Highsmith was an absolute absolutely killing it in special teams. Robert Spillane was in special teams a lot. There's a lot of players that have been pulled out of special teams because they're playing more elsewhere. Uh so I, I think I don't think Ray Ray's really done a bad job. The special teams just are losing their their best players to the to the actual you know offense and defense. What happened uh when the Steelers uh were originally gonna play that Baltimore Ravens uh, team uh what three weeks ago now what happened like the week before they steamrolled the jaguars by 21 points and I, I know the jags are not a good team by any stretch of the imagination but the steelers played a really good game both sides of the ball they, they played a really good game the last three weeks everything has evaporated the, against a ravens team that was undermanned they struggled great greatly but that was kind of expected with everything going on the next week against Washington, the, the running game completely disappeared. It just was non-existent at all. And then last week against Buffalo, it seemed like the Steelers weren't able to move the ball whatsoever. It's just been getting worse and worse and worse. They were one for ten on third down. But what's happened to this offense? And how how could it possibly hit a wall so so hard and heavy and completely lost any momentum that they had before that? Well, for the Jacksonville game, uh, one of the reasons the Steelers looked like they were really good that game was Jacksonville. Their de- their defensive coordinator. I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking, but they completely ignored what everyone else was putting on film against the Steelers. How everyone was defending the Steelers. Jacksonville was like, "No, we're not going to do that. We're going to do something else." And the Steelers were able to run the ball uh, better. The Steelers were able to do their passing game the way exact way they wanted to. Uh, but even then, the best unit uh, against Jacksonville was the special teams. The special teams absolutely went off in that game they were incredible uh they were absolutely phenomenal i don't know i don't know if it was like because of what happened in dallas the week before and special teams really like took that to heart and was like we're gonna bounce back from this but they were phenomenal in that game there were there were drives the offense it would completely sputter they'd punt uh the defense would give up more yards than the offense gained and then they would and then the jacksonville would punt and the offense would have just gained 20 yards in field position when, when they they lost the field position battle on offense and defense, but they won it on special teams to an extent that, that it didn't matter. Like like Jacksonville was losing field position every time special teams got out there. Our special teams were absolutely killing them. I'd love to see them find that again. I would love to see them find that again and, and be a significant part of this team. Uh, what, happen, what happened against Baltimore is, is by that point, team, teams had really solved the jet sweep. The run game was toast. The uh, the single back passing out of our normal three wide receiver sets. Everyone knew how to defend the short game. Everyone knew Ben Ben's still not with his receivers on those deep passes. They're really not hitting them well. And so, 
you know, what do you have left is is really what we had left was the five wide receiver stuff that Ben Roethlisberger, where he's he's out there making up route combinations on the fly often. Baltimore came back in that second game after the Steelers used it so heavily in the first game to beat them. I mean, really, the first game we beat the Ravens by just having Ben go five wide and make stuff up. That's how we came back and beat the Ravens, and they were ready for it. You you could tell they had watched. They, they saw tendencies there. Some of the ways they defended it. I mean, they dropped – like you have trips to one side, two to the other side. The side away from the, the three receivers, they would drop a defensive end, and he would just look for the crosser. Because they know whatever side we have trips, one of those three guys is coming across the middle. So they just drop the defensive end from the other side, and he just waits for him. He's just standing there waiting for him to like bump him off and make sure Ben can't throw the ball to him. Uh, they 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 found a way to still sit a player in that hook zone, which is where Tennessee Tennessee started sitting players in those hook zones to really take away uh, Ben's slants, uh, the slants and the post routes and, and the, the the short hooks really taking those away and killing what the Steelers, what Ben Roethlisberger wants to do on offense. They found ways to do that against five wide receivers. They, they really changed the game uh, and took away that from Ben Roethlisberger, took away what Ben Roethlisberger wants to do when he's calling his own plays. Washington, after the game, they brought it up. They said, they said, Baltimore put stuff on tape and we watched it and we applied it. Steelers had four days between you know Baltimore and Washington they didn't have time for it Washington had all the time in the world to look at film look at stuff they saw that game implemented a few things on defense and you see the same things Washington was doing the same things Baltimore was doing and, and the Steelers are just like running their heads into a brick wall because they don't have the answer for it they didn't have time they were basically running the exact same stuff out against Washington that they ran against Baltimore now with this offense too there's three guys three names that I directly want to point out and wonder why the Steelers haven't been using them like whatsoever. James Washington, Vance McDonald, Derek Watt. Those are three guys on offense that have either gotten no targets this year. In Vance McDonald, Vance McDonald's case, I'm not sure if he's gotten more than a, a target a game. I'm pretty sure it's less than that. And then James, James Washington's by far like that, the bottom of the receiving core what is it with those three guys that, that the Steelers are just choosing not to use them? James Washington, uh, to me, it's still there's still that issue where he doesn't play well when Juju Smith-Schuster is on the field. If Juju's healthy and James Washington is healthy, he doesn't play well. When, he, when he's in Juju Smith-Schuster's role, he does that role really well. Uh, not as quite as well as Juju has in the past, uh, but they, they kind of overlap a bit. And the other problem is, him and Ben have never really hit it off. They have never really, you know, gotten that chemistry going. And Ben just, Ben doesn't really look to him. If you watch Ben Roethlisberger's progressions, he doesn't look to him. Uh, Vance McDonald, he's kind of that guy that really thrives when, when the defense is struggling to take away the other guys. Like we saw him and Jesse James do fantastic things when it was Juju Smith-Schuster and Antonio Brown. In 2018, we saw those tight ends really take off that season, but but he's not they're, they're the the good tight end routes they're running Eric Ebron Ebron on. Uh, Vance McDonald is the second tight end. He's more the blocking tight end, and he's he's not really having the space that he had in the past because teams aren't really aren't really focusing on trying to stop one wide receiver. 
And uh, uh, what was the other one you told? The other one you said, James Washington, Vance McDonald, and... And, and some fullback that they sometimes use as a wing. Uh, yeah. He, I think he's a, a couple famous brothers. Yeah. Something like that. D- Derek? DJ? Can, something like that. I don't know. Can, can, I, can I tell you, uh, the interception Ben threw in the end zone. Yeah. Early early in the Buffalo game. They they have trips on one side. Uh, and, and Derek Watt is the back guy. Vance McDonald's in front of him. Vance McDonald just crashes into the defender in front of him and runs him into the guy behind him while Derek Rott runs a quick little slant into the end zone, turns to Ben and just stands there with his hands like. <laughs> oh, my God. Ben looks, uh, Ben's looking to the other side of the field to a slow-developing route to Eric Ebron. Like, they ran a play designed to get Derek Watt open, Eric Ebron was like the Derek Watt's not open. Go to Eric Ebron. Like he's running at like an eight yard out route, right? You don't look at him right off the snap. There's no reason to look at him right off the snap. And he does the safety moves that way. Derek Watt is like standing there for over like a second and a half wide open. Just like I'm here. (laughs) Throw it to me. And then, and then Ben ends up having to scramble and he throws an interception. Uh, It's, it's one of those things. Ben has his guys. I I think more than anything, it's Ben is not comfortable. Hmm. That's that's what it looks like to me. Is Ben is kind of thrown off. He's not comfortable. He's he's rushing things because he's not uh, believing when when those backups are coming in. He doesn't have the faith in the offensive line. He he just he's he's kind of not playing like himself. In the games we've seen him play like himself, where he makes some of those move, move in the pocket, make a throw, like do stuff, he's Ben. He's not that guy right now. This the, the, the drops, the streak they're on, I don't know what all it is, but he's just not that guy. He doesn't have a lot of – he doesn't seem to have a lot of confidence in this offense, and so he seems to kind of be looking to force things to certain players more that he has more confidence in. Eric Ebron has bailed about a number of times in this season – yeah, he's had his drops, but he's also bailed Ben out a number of times. And Ben was looking to him and, and not where the play was was designed to go. So there, there's issues all around. There's a lot of problems with, with offense. Derek Watt really is, even when he's available, he's not – even when he's available, he's either not getting used or when they're trying to use him, like Ben's just not looking at him. It's, it's, it's just there's, there's nothing there right now. Yeah, I, no, that's it's extremely weird. I think there's a stat that came out that like Patrick Ricard, uh, Ravens fullback, uh, he played like 50% of the downs, and, and the Ravens are like a complete spread team. It's yeah. like, oh, other teams can do it, but we can. And then what you're saying about Derek Watt being open in the end zone, so I mean, three consecutive weeks he's, he's been wide open in the end zone and could probably should have scored a touchdown. Oh, that that's a sickening trend because obviously Ben doesn't trust him at all but b- before i go on a rant on that we do have a super chat from just me that uh, i should get to here uh jeffrey she asks uh what players can we start resting in this game and just me puts two dollars in the tip jar so thank you for that just me jeffrey can the steelers start resting really anyone in this game well, i mean if the store gets bad enough like i i don't see this game being one they rest anybody just because this is for the afc north this is the Bengals. This is a team you haven't lost to in over five years. Like the Steelers aren't going to take come into this game and be like, oh, this is a cakewalk. They're gonna, this is their get right game. 
Tomlin's going to play people. You're going to see, you know, you're going to see a lot of work going to Ben. You're going to see a lot of stuff they're going to try and do to really get this offense going, to establish this offense as one that can just drive down the field every drive and be a threat to score. So I don't think they rest anybody. I really don't. Uh, and that's one of the things I really expect this game to be a bounce back. I think after this game, we're going to look and say, wow, yeah, the Steelers are back. Great. Everything's fine now. Uh, largely just because it's in Cincinnati and our quarterback is Ben Roethlisberger. It, it doesn't take long. You can look at the stats on how he does when he plays inside the state of Ohio. It's phenomenal. He's going to play good this game. Ben Roethlisberger is going to have one of his best games all year. And I think they're honestly just going to absolutely crush and destroy the Bengals, whether or not they're any good. I don't I, like whether or not they fixed any problems. I think they just they just are just going to dominate this team because the the Bengals don't have an offense, and the Steelers' defense is still their best attribute. And Ben Roethlisberger is going to go off. He just is. Yeah, he, he really does love playing in the state of Ohio and and against Ohio teams. It, it really mm-hmm. is almost sad for that. Entire state to have uh, cheesed uh, Ben Roethlisberger off so bad by not drafting him, but I, I guess it works out for us. So uh, yeah. I'm not complaining by that whatsoever. This game, like you said, Ben Roethlisberger, Ohio, he loves playing there. Uh, do you anticipate uh, Ben Roethlisberger having a, a crazy stat line and just a really good bounce back kind of uh, game? Yeah, I, I not like not like 500 yards, anything like that. Although that. Honestly, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. If it happened, I'd be like, yeah, that, that's Ben Roethlisberger in Ohio. Of course he's going to do that. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking more along the line of like 280 yards, you know, three touchdowns. Just just absolutely, absolutely destroying the Bengals. Uh, another thing about the Bengals is Deontay Johnson tends to do well against the Bengals too. Uh, so I, I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a good game. You got to remember Deontay Johnson, you know, he went to Toledo. Uh, Bengals aren't, you know, Bengals are closer to Toledo than, than Cleveland is even. So that should be, I think I could be completely wrong on that. Uh-oh. I might be, I think I actually am completely wrong on that. Anyway, <laughs> pretend I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, he's a, he's another Mac guy. He's an Ohio guy. They do well against Ohio. He's there. Ben's going to have a good game. Uh, I think no interceptions, three touchdowns around 280 to 300 yards. Uh, and ever and everything looks hunky dory. In, in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And then all, all over again, we fall in love with this team <laughs> once again. And, uh, and the cycle repeats until the end of time. But um, with this game as a whole, is, is this the Steelers win this game? Does winning the AFC North mean something, something extra to this team? Is it like a, a feat that you think they really should care about? Yes. You can't lose the AFC North to Cleveland. You can't do that. If they come into week 17 and the Steelers have lost, you know, these the, the Steelers are on a losing streak and Cleveland has somehow won game and is, and is you know, there, uh, you can't. You can't put that in that position. Put this, put the put the division away, be done with it. You know, you you can't have this hanging around. Uh be run the north. You know, who runs the north? We run the north. Just just run the north, be that team. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. Then the thing is, the the, uh, the Browns they play both the New York teams. So realistically, I know the Giants have uh, have played up to some opponents and have given a lot of really good teams all they can handle. So potentially they could lose this weekend, which would mean the Steelers clinch AFC North before they even play. But um, 
they, they got the Giants, then they got the Jets. So there is a really good chance that if the Steelers, for whatever reason, can't find a way to beat the, the Colts or the Bengals, all of a sudden the AFC North Championship game is being played in Week 17, which I think would be an absolute nightmare for the Steelers. So I, I don't anticipate it getting to that level, but if it does, um, there's a whole lot there to keep an eye out for. Uh, before we get into our usual questions to end off a show, Jeffrey, I, I do want to ask you about Alex Highsmith. We've been able to watch him play a, a couple of games now uh, in, uh, in in an effort to replace, if you really can, replace Bud Dupree. How has he looked at, at, in uh, in that outside linebacking spot? Well, I'll say he's uh, a world better than Anthony Ciccolo. I'll give him that. Um, I'm trying to remember his name. Oh, my goodness. The outside linebacker that was here before, after, after Woodley and Harrison – Worlds, Jason Worlds. He reminds me a little bit of him. Very, very solid, but so so far it's not really all coming together. He's like he's getting pressure on the quarterback, but it's like a hair late. You know, he's 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 that guy right now. I think he has the potential to be to be really be good. Um, he he's he's not there yet. It's it's kind of like Chase Claypool. You know, you've got these two guys that are both like they show it. They show it in flashes, you see it, but there's just there's just a little bit missing that you're like, okay, once if they can get that part added to their game, they're gonna be really, really good. Uh and so far, so far they are missing Bud Dupree. They really are. You have seen uh the the contain in the pocket breakdown and quarterbacks run. You, you, we've seen that in Washington. We've seen that in Josh Allen. We're both able to scramble around and make plays with their feet or extend the play and make passes. That's easier to do with Highsmith. That's easier to do with Highsmith. He's just not the athlete Bud Dupree was. He's a very solid player, but nowhere in the category of Bud Dupree as far as just pure athleticism. Uh, but he's been very solid. I, I, I like what he's showing. He, he's, he's losing reps, but he's, there's also ones where you're seeing wins and you're just like, wow, that's that's a – like he's doing it. He's really getting there. Uh, him and him and Cameron Hayward don't have the relationship Bud Dupree and, and Cam Hayward had, where they really played off each other well, uh, which really really boosted both of their games. Both of their games really got boosted when when Bud Dupree went over there. They just over on the side with Cameron Hayward. They both just kind of have had great seasons since then. Uh, Cam Hayward is still dominating, absolutely dominating. But there's times you see like. It's almost like uh, Highsmith is trying to rush. Cam Hayward just is like dominating the guard, and and Highsmith is like beats his guy to the inside, and he's behind Cameron Hayward. And you're like, oh, oh, I should have gone the other way then. Like if <laughs> if you're if you're just going to push the the guard into the quarterback's lap, I shouldn't be rushing behind you. That doesn't make sense. All right, now four minutes left to uh, the top of the show here, so. Uh, before we get out of here, of course, I uh, want to ask you for your game at X Factor. Of course, we've already done the pluck one player game a couple weeks back. So let's just get straight into our X Factors for this one. Uh, who do you got and why? My X Factor is Ben Roethlisberger. That's a good one. Because it's Ohio <laughs> and it's Ben Roethlisberger. And I, I think I think playing in Ohio against a Bengals team, missing Geno Atkins, hasn't been able to get anything going on defense. Like their their defense is playing better. Jesse Bates didn't hasn't done anything against Ben Roethlisberger yet. He's a really, really good free safety. Has not done anything against Ben yet. I expect. I think the run game will get going. We just we have Cincinnati's number. We always do. We always play well there. We just have their we have their number. 
Last the last time they beat us was in 2015. Everyone everyone should know how that how that season went. That's the last time they beat us. They started the season seven and zero. After they beat us, they they went to eight and zero. Then went four and four the rest of the season. Made the playoffs where they lost to the Steelers, who then lost to Denver the next week. But the Bengals haven't been above 500 and haven't beaten the Steelers since that year. Yeah, no, uh, super quick side rant. Steelers should have won Super Bowl 50. Uh, if the, if they're if those guys were, were healthy, that, that was the killer beast team that would have won the Super Bowl. But no, nah, I'm not hurt. Fitz Toussaint with the fumble. Okay, back to X Factors uh, before I really make myself quite sad. Um, for me, I think I think I'm going to flip over to the defensive side of the football. I also wanted to say Ben Roethlisberger, but I'm going to go with Avery Williamson. Well, it's the state of Ohio. I mean, he is the X factor. Yeah. But Avery Williamson, um, since like really, I, I was preaching for the Steelers to bring him in. Uh, I think two three weeks before they even ended up making that trade. But when it comes through, and he's slowly starting to get himself into the defense and kind of learning it more and more. Uh, Vince Williams and Robert Spillane will, will be available uh, at some point this year. So we will get those guys back. But I want to see Avery Williamson develop into this defense as someone that the Steelers can't afford to take off the field and someone that they really think of uh, as someone that they want to bring back uh, even next year as as a linebacker that potentially he isn't the greatest when it comes to coverage, but he is a volume tackle guy. And I think someone that would look amazing uh, paired with Devin Bush. Uh, so just something to, to watch out for for the rest of the season uh, and uh, someone that I really want to see have a big game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, so, Jeffrey, last question of the night. Uh, I'm sure you knew it was coming. The The final score of the game, I'm sure it won't affect your opinion, but the, the, the game line is the Steelers. I, I believe right now is the Steelers minus 13 and a half. Well, actually, Lindsay took my exact score, 28 to 10. There you that go. That was going to be my exact score. So, I'm, so in honor of that, I'm going to tack on a field goal and say 31 to 10. 31 to 10, a 21 point game. The Steelers really need that to happen, I think, to kind of get that yeah. confidence back. That being said, um, I, I'm <laughs> I'm kind of a, an agent of chaos. Uh, not really, but uh, it, it just it just sounds fun to say. But um, man, after that AFC North game last Monday night and the the fireworks of the Bengals and Ravens going so high scoring, I feel like it would just be the complete. It would be so on brand for the AFC North to just have a complete stinker this week, and like the Steelers winning the game like eighteen, to, eighteen to six, just, just like super low scoring, lots of field goals, kind of a kind of a blind game. I, I think it's going to be closer than some people expect score wise, but the Steelers will still be the more dominant uh, team, just not capping off the drives the way that uh, we hope they would. But uh, with that in mind, Jeffrey, is there anything you want to plug before uh, we call our night? Yeah, I just, I, I've seen, I've, a lot of people have been mentioning it in the chat. Thank you very much. My film room, I, I, I just put out, it just came out today, I think, uh, about the Steelers offense. It's a part one. Part two, uh, I'm, I'm working, I'm getting it mostly put together tomorrow. I'm going to submit it tomorrow. So it should be out uh, Friday, uh, most likely. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be good. It's on, the first one was what the Steelers offense has been doing and how defense has have adapted to it and why it hasn't been working. Uh, and it goes up through week 10. Part two is going to cover week 11 against the Ravens stuff. I've talked about here today, showing some film of it. Uh, the Reds, the Washington football team game and the, uh, the Buffalo bills game. And the big thing, I'm go the big thing I want to talk about is, is what they are doing to try and fix this. 
because there are some things they're throwing in there to try and get this offense going in the right direction to kind of change up what's going on. So that's going to be uh, coming out probably Friday. Uh, really quick before we get out, I, I do want to mention, uh, I see some people talking about Vince Williams. Uh, he, he had had COVID symptoms and he's talked about it. So I believe that makes him uh, have to be out for at least 10 days, which would not make him eligible for this week's game. So don't, uh, don't anticipate to see Vince Williams coming off that COVID reserve list uh, this week at the very least, but uh, hopefully next week against the Indianapolis Colts, we should see him back. Um, that being said, make sure you're clicking over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all that, that recap analysis, all that great stuff, commentary. commentary. You want it, we have it. We have all that great uh, content. Make sure you're checking out the entire family of Behind the Steel Curtain podcasts wherever you get your podcasts from. Of course, tomorrow night, uh, the Steelers preview the the wildly popular uh, probably the goofiest Steeler show on, on the internet, but uh, it is one of one of my favorite watches. So make sure you, uh, you tune into that tomorrow night. Uh, for my co-host, Jeffrey Benedict, my name is Michael Beck. Thank you for tuning in to Know Your Enemy. We